to be at church today. Anybody glad to be in God's house? Can we just give him thanks and praise? Oh, I'm so glad that you're here, and a, a big hello to everybody who's online with us as well, and our first ever 430 service. Come on, let's give it up for everybody who's with us today. Come on, let us, come on, church. Come on, church. Let's let everybody watching today. We're glad you're with us. Glad you're with us. And First ever 430 service, we're so honored that you're with us today, and uh, before we get into the message, I want to just kind of uh, point the way and clear the path, because the Bible says that without vision, people perish. Uh, one translation or one paraphrase says, with, when people can't see what God is up to, they stumble all over themselves. And I don't know about you, but I don't want, you, I don't want to be stumbling. Anybody else, you don't want to stumble, right? So we, we need some vision. We need some light. And I just want to light the path for us, kind of show you where we're headed over the next couple of weeks, and you heard some of this already, but I just want to re-emphasize um, uh, some of the deeper parts of our church, and one of those is this coming Wednesday is First Wednesday, everybody. It's going to be First Wednesday, and if you're looking for a deeper part of the church, that's First Wednesday. In fact, this Wednesday is going to be a, a night of worship, so we're, gonna, we're not even going to have a full-on message. It's just going to be worship. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together, and we're just going to, we're just, we're, it's going to be an incredible time, and I want to encourage you, get there and just, and, and see what God might do in your life, all right? But then the other thing that I want to tell you is a little bit deeper part of our church is some of the events that we put on. One of those is our annual marriage conference that's coming up just a, a couple of weeks from this weekend, so less than two weeks away. And this is not just for people who have bad marriages and you're thinking, well, we don't need to go, I don't need that crap, let's be all right, you know, whatever. No, listen, this is people, for people who want better marriages. This is for people who just want to grow in their marriage. And, um, and I'm telling you what, I'll be there and I'm going to be receiving what God has to give me too, all right? And so I know that in, in our culture, we like to just kind of wait until the last minute to, uh, to register for things because we're trying to see, is there anything better that might come open? I want to tell you already, there's nothing better on this weekend, all right? Nothing better, so just go ahead and, and get registered for that because it will be life-changing. And, uh, and then next weekend... We kick off a brand new series that I'm really, uh, really excited to share with you, and it's uh, called SOS, Rescuing Relationships, Rescuing Relationships, and, and really, uh, it's based off of the Song of Solomon, and we're going to be studying just kind of verse by verse. We're going to have fun. I'm telling you what, it's going to, we're going to laugh, and if you've ever read the Song of Solomon, come on, to make you blush, all right? There's going to be some... PG-13 weekends in there that you're going to need to have your kids in kids' church. I'm just telling you in advance, all right, because it might get steamy, all right? We're just, we're just, just giving you the word, and it, I'm just going to teach the word to you. And If you don't like it, take it up with God, all right, because he put it there, all right? And it's not just for marrieds, by the way. It's for singles. It's for maybe singles again. It's for those who are um, engaged. We're going to learn a lot through this series. And then, uh, of course... I don't know if you know it or not, but today is our fourth birthday, everybody. We're four years old. City Hope Church, happy birthday. Happy birthday. And, uh, and I know that it, it seems like 
four years ago is really so long ago in one moment, but then in the other moment, it feels like it was just the other day. And I always like to take time on this particular weekend and kind of share our story. Just kind of share, how did City Hope come to be? Because really, um, City Hope is not just four years old. The dream of City Hope goes back all the way to 2007. And uh, I'll never forget the day uh, I was on staff at a church on Lisa. We lived in, uh, in Alabama. And I was on staff at a church called Daystar there. And one of our pastors was uh, transitioning off of our team to go plant a church down south of Birmingham in a place called Chelsea. And so we're just talking in the parking lot. And he says, he says hey, you know, maybe, maybe Daystar will help you plant a church one day. And, and when he said those words, it was like something leapt inside of me. It was like I came alive. Like I knew my ultimate purpose in life in that one moment was I'm going to plant a church. And I knew it was going to be in Wichita Falls. Like, there, there wasn't any other cities on the list. Like, I wasn't trying to decide between, like, should I go to Nashville, some, like, cool city, or the Metroplex? No. It was Wichita Falls or bust. I just knew. And how many of you know, if you want to move to Wichita Falls, it's got to be the Lord. Come on, somebody. It's, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. But that's the way a lot of people feel. So I'm just saying what we feel, but I, I'll tell you, I do love this city. I love this city, and, and I tell people, you know, we've hired some people on our staff through the years uh, from, out of, from out of town. They don't live in Wichita Falls, and I tell them up front, I said, hey, you have to have a, a supernatural love to, to move to this city. You've got to love it, and I love it. I love y'all. I told you last week, I ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm your pastor for a long time, but when, when he said those words, I knew we're going to plant a church in Wichita Falls one day. Now, we weren't ready, of course. We had no idea how to plant a church. We had no idea what that meant. We didn't know about, we didn't know that there was training available. Like, for all I knew, I thought to plant a church, we have to go rent an abandoned gas station, get some metal chairs, and just start preaching to whoever would show up. But um, we, we got connected with a place called the Association of Related Churches called ARC, which, by the way, plants churches. That's what they do. And already this year, we will have planted over 20 brand new churches this year through ARC. And you're part of that. You give to help make that happen every single year. So, uh, so yeah, we just, we just took that dream inside of our heart because we knew we weren't ready. We knew, we, we knew it wasn't time. But every couple of years, we would find ourselves in a season where we were wondering, is, is now the time? Should we plant this church now? Should we do it now? And we had wise people in our lives who would tell us, not yet. Don't, don't go yet. You need some more training. You need to grow a little bit. And so 10 years later, in 2017, my family and I, we were living in Madison, Huntsville, Alabama. And, uh, and uh, we were campus pastors for our church there called Daystar Church. We were, we were in Huntsville. Huntsville is one of the fastest growing cities in this. It is the fastest growing city in the state of Alabama. It moved up from the fourth largest city to the number one largest city in the state. We had everything you could think of there. We, we had just built a brand new home in a community that had, we had our community pool. We had all the amenities. Our kids went to the best school district in the state, one of the top in the, in the nation. It was good. Life was good for us. And the way I say it is, it was perfect on paper. But on the inside, we were miserable. Have you ever felt that before? Like everything just seems to be going good, but something's missing. There's something that's not right. And that's how we felt. Everything was going so good on paper. But on the inside, I was thinking, if I could do anything other than this, I think I would. And I'll, I'll never forget, 
we had a, one of my friends, and he's a coach and a mentor to me. His name's Ed Funderburk. And he, he uh, was, is a coach for me. And at that time, he was coaching our church. And so he came into town. He was doing a little consulting visit. And I was dropping him off at the hotel, and he said, he could tell something's wrong with me. And he said, hey, hey Ben, uh, how old are you? And I said, I'm 35. And he said, man, that's the ripe age of a church planter. And when he said those words, it was like God breathed a fresh life onto that dream that he had put in our heart 10 years ago. 10 years earlier, and like all of a sudden, you know the way a, a, a plant will just kind of push through the dirt? That's what it felt like. All of a sudden, this dream that had been rooted, it, it had been growing, incubating in the soil, was now pushing through the dirt, and I knew this is what we're supposed to do. It's time to launch this church. And so I went and talked to my pastor, and Pastor Jerry, he said, he said man, we'll do anything we have to do to keep you here, but if this is what God's calling you to do, we'll get behind it. And I'll I'll never forget the generosity of our church and how they loved us and they sponsored us and they supported us. And, and I want you to know, I think it's important for you to know, that there's a church in Alabama called Daystar Church that believed in this church so much that before we even had one service, they gave over $139,000 to help us start this church brand new off the ground. Come on, can we just thank God for people who believe in a dream, people who believe in what God's doing? And that was... That was refreshing. So we moved here in 2018, June of 2018. We, we just hit the ground running. We started meeting people. We started doing these startup parties all across the city, meeting as many people as we could. Uh, together, we built a launch team. We'd meet these people. We'd say, help us do this. And together, we built a launch team of 65 people. And we came up to January 27th, 2019. That was our first Sunday. And we were praying and believing, we just thought, God, if, if, you could, if there could be 300 people here on day one, that would just blow our minds. It would be incredible if we could get 300 people here. But on day one, everybody, there, there were 639 people who walked through the doors on the first Sunday at McNeil Middle School. There was standing room only. They were sitting in the floor. They were bringing in, we, like we had just cleaned up French fries off the floor from this Friday school, from, from before. <laughs> Now we're having church in there on a Sunday. There's no room. We had and, um, 350 chairs, 517 adults were in the auditorium. They were bringing in like old church pews from the student center for people to sit on. It was incredible. But more important than 639 people that showed up, 65 people said yes to Jesus Christ. They gave their life to Jesus. And from that day forward, they said, I'm following him. And it's a day. It's a day I'll never forget. I'm just telling you, it's etched into my mind. And so I just want us, every year, I love to tell that story because I don't ever want us to forget where we came from. I don't ever want us to forget those, those beginnings of what God was doing. And, and so Psalm says it this way, that it's not to us, O God, but it is to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. One more time, can we just give God the best praise and let's thank him for what he has done in four years here. Come on, it's been incredible. Amen. Amen. And so for, for four years, we've just, we've just been doing the same thing over and over again. There's four things that we've wanted to see happen in Wichita Falls. And these aren't things that we made up. They're, they're from the Bible. This is what God wanted for every one of you. From the time that he created the earth until now, he's wanted four things. He has wanted lost people to get saved. He's wanted 
saved people to be pastored. He's wanted pastored people to be trained up. And he's wanted the trained people to be mobilized to make a difference. From, Ephes- from, from Exodus all the way to Ephesians, this is what he wants for us. And so I want to I just uh, tell it to you in our words today. And the way that we've learned to say it over the last four years is that when we started this church, we knew we wanted to help people do four things. We wanted to help people know God. You can jot that in your notes. Know God. But not to just know about him. And that's where a lot of people are. They know about God. But they don't know him. They don't have a personal relationship with God. And this is the heartbeat of of the Father. That you would have a personal, intimate, life-giving relationship with Jesus. That it's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about about where you go and, and, and all the rules that you have to follow. It's not about that. It is about a personal relationship with Jesus. And even people in church, there's a lot of people in church who Paul says, they just, they've missed the most important thing. And that is, they don't know God. And this is what it's all about for us. This is the first step. We believe that before you can do anything else in life, like that God calls you to do, like you, you need to start here, knowing God, having a relationship with God. And if you don't know God, we're going to give you that opportunity at the end of the service today to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. But if you do know God, maybe, maybe for you, your next step is water baptism. It's like you've, you've said yes to Jesus. You've, you, you've began a relationship with him. You know God, but you haven't been water baptized. Hey, next Sunday, everybody, we're baptizing after every single service. And that's your opportunity to take that next step where you say, I have decided. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm, I, am, I am sold out to him. Amen? All right, so that's the next step for you. All right, well, you can't, do the, you can't do any of these other three steps unless you do the first step first. Know God, all right? And then, then once you know God, then you can find freedom. You can't find freedom apart from a relationship with Jesus. Come on, I need some help in this place today. Oh, you can't, ha- you, you, can't, you can't find freedom unless you know Jesus. But finding freedom is, is not just about, you know, not cussing quite as much as you used to. And <laughs> no, finding freedom is getting past your issues. Well, pastor, it's funny you say that. I actually, I, I don't have any issues. <laughs> we all have issues. And if you say you don't have issues, then that is your issue, right? <laughs> That's your issue. If you think you don't have issues, that's your issue. We're getting free from hurts and habits and hangups and things from our past that have been holding us down. The way we like to say it is we're taking off the mask. And, and the way we do that here, the way we get free, the way we find freedom at City Hope is through small groups. You heard Lacey talk about how we, life change doesn't happen in circles. It, happens, it doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. It happens in a small group of people where we get together, we take off the mask, we say, hey, this is what's really going on in my life. This is what's really happening, and I'm praying for this. By the way, we launched small groups today, 13 brand new uh, weeks of small groups, and you can, you can search the, the group directory is live today. You can find it, I think, even in your worship guide. But I'm praying that you get in a small group and the next 13 weeks, your life is completely changed by just getting in a relationship with other people. Because I believe, I believe it happens. I believe life change happens in small groups. In fact, um, 
Um, if you don't know which group to go to, I want to encourage you to get in a freedom group. It's the one group that I would say if, if you don't know which one to do, like it's the one group I want everybody at City Hope to be part of at least one time in their journey. And if you do that, I promise you, your life will be changed. Your life will be changed. So, so we know God so that we can find freedom. Well, we can't do step three unless we find freedom. So once we find freedom, then we can discover our purpose. All right, so the, a, a lot of us are trying to discover our purpose without getting free from our past. And so we're looking at the future. We're looking at what God wants to do in our, in our lives through, through lenses that are cloudy. We can't see the, the future because we're so consumed by the past. Come on, somebody. Come on, so we're trying to look through these lenses that have dirt and, and they're just, they, they've got all kind of gunk on them and we need to just wipe, the, we, we need to get all of that taken care of so we can discover why God put us on this earth. And by the way, every one of you have a God-given purpose. Every one of you have a destiny. Every one of you have a, a task that God has given you. And Paul says it this way. He says, I consider my life worth nothing. He says, I don't care about doing anything else. What I want to do is I want to finish the race. And I want to complete the task. He says, there's something that God's given me to do. And this is what we want for your life, that you would discover what God has for you. And the way that you can discover that at City Hope is through the growth track. Go to the growth track. It, the growth track happens on the first Sunday of every month. Step one is the first Sunday. So next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. Go to the growth track. It's where you'll find the vision of our church. You'll, you'll learn about who we are. You'll learn about uh, what we believe. You'll learn about uh, our vision. You'll find out uh, the governance of the church. Who, does, who do I answer to? How do we handle church finances? You'll have an opportunity to join the church. You, you want to join what we're doing here? That's how you do it. Step two is all about uh, your spiritual gifts and, and, and discovering what God's put inside of you. Step three is all about using that to make a difference. And that's our ultimate goal for you. That's God's ultimate goal for you is that you would make a difference with your life. This is, this is when you lay your, your head down at night, when you lay your head on the pillow and you know, I didn't waste my life today. I used my life to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Somebody's going to heaven because of me. Come on, there's no better feeling than that, everybody. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm, I'm just trying to give you some next steps into your journey. This is who we are as a church. And if you're new to City Hope and you're, you're wondering, like, how do, I, how do I take my next steps? This is it. Know God. Find freedom. Get in a small group. Go to the growth track. Discover your purpose. Start serving other people. Start using your life to make a difference in the lives of others. Get on the greeting team, the parking team, the ushers, the, the host team. Make all that coffee that y'all love to drink. Come on. I bet, I, bet we, I bet we make dozens of gallons of coffee every single week because y'all are some coffee-drinking people. I tell you what. Get on the team that makes the coffee, and then you can just drink it as you make it. Come on, you just... God's Java juice. I mean, just get on that team. Start serving on the, 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 the kids' team or maybe, the, maybe in this room. Maybe it's the production or the worship or the prayer teams. Get on one of those teams and just begin to make a difference in the lives of other people. And so this is, this is my encouragement to you is take a next step. Take a next step and get in what God has for you. Can I get a good amen right there? All right. 
Well, it's, it's part five. We're in part five of a series that we're calling My Church. And this series is, um, is really based on a scripture in Matthew chapter 16. And, uh, and this is the final installment, by the way. So we're, we're jumping into a new series next week. But uh, today, part five, we're going to learn about real, authentic, life-giving relationships. And the, the scripture in Matthew says it this way. Jesus says, I will build my church. And so what we've decided is we want to we be the kind of church that Jesus would build. Because his kind of church is a church the gates of hell can't prevail against. That's what it says. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if we're going to build a church, let's build one that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against. So we're going to build a church that is in passionate pursuit of God. We're going to build a church that's living in the tree of life. We're going to build a church that's built on the Holy Bible, everybody. We're going to live out the Holy Scriptures. And, by the way, I think we need to build a church that has real, authentic, life-giving relationships. And so if you'll go with me today, uh, I want to take you on a journey. I want to just pastor you through this journey because I I believe that God has more for us. And I want to spend the rest of our time just talking about why we need each other. Why we need one another, all right? And a lot of us, we, um, a lot of us believe that the, the, the first problem in the Bible was sin. We think it's when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, and then they, they sinned, and they realized they were naked, and that actually wasn't the first problem. The first problem of the Bible wasn't sin, it was seclusion. It was isolation. It was, it was the fact that God looked down on everything that he had created, and there is Adam, a perfect man before sin, living in a perfect environment where there is no sin, and he said, it's not, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about that. I want, I want to talk about why we need each other and why it's just not good for man to be alone. And and I can tell y'all a little quiet today, so I thought this would be a good opportunity to tell you about the time Boudreaux went to the doctor. If you don't know, Boudreaux, he's Cajun. All right? he's, he's from Louisiana, South Louisiana. He's Cajun. Boudreaux went to the doctor one time. He, he, was, he was messed up. Don't, didn't know what was wrong with him. He had, he had crawfish coming out of his nose. He had gumbo coming out of his ears. Boudin was coming out of his, his eyes. I mean, the doctor said, Boudreaux, I don't know what's wrong with you. Boudreaux says, doctor, you're going to have to figure this out. Something wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. The doctor said, Boudreaux, I'm going to have to study what this is before I can give you a diagnosis. So he said, I'll call you in a couple days. So a couple days later, the doctor calls Boudreaux, and, and he says, Boudreaux, I got... Good news and bad news. What you want first? Boudreaux says, give me the good news. So he says, the good news is you got 24 hours to live. Boudreaux said, what you talking about 24 hours today? That's good news? He said, yeah, because the bad news is I tried to call you yesterday. <laughs> I, love, I love Boudreaux. I tried to call you yesterday. So I thought uh, I would tell you today, you got good news and bad news, all right? Got some good news and some bad news. And the good news is, hey, you can get free, everybody. The good news is you can get past your past. The good news is God has a plan for your life, that there's something he wants to do in you. The bad news is you cannot do it alone. Oh, come on. I need a better amen right there. 
You can't do it alone. The bad news is you're going to have to get somebody, and that's actually not bad news. It's really good news. But the reason I say it's bad news is because most of us don't want to do it. Most of us don't want to take that chance. Most of us don't want to open up to somebody. Most of us don't want to allow somebody else into our lives. We don't want to be vulnerable. And so that's the only bad part there is, is we're going to have to get past the fear. We're going to have to get past the worry in order to get free from some things. And by the way, it doesn't happen overnight. Freedom doesn't happen instantaneously. More times than not, it happens in a process called sanctification. All right, so here's what I want to do today. If you're taking notes, I want to give you five thoughts today about why we need people in our lives. Five, five reasons why we need people in our lives because we, it's not good for us to be alone. All right, so if it's not good for us to be alone, here's what I need to do. I need some people in my life who will care for me. And when I say care, I mean people who will be there for you when you need them. I'm not talking about people who will be there for you when you want to go to dinner. I'm not talking about people who will be there for you when it's good for them. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about people in your life that will be there when you need them. And this week, just yesterday, I was talking to um, a gentleman in our lobby, and he and his wife are in a, in a, a struggle with infertility, and they want to have another child, and, and uh, they received some, what was bad news to them this past week. And you know what he did? He reached out to people he had built relationships with in the church, and he says, hey, I got a problem. I need to talk about this. And he called them, and they were there for him, by the way. They cared for him. They walked through that with him, and that's what small groups are really all about. It's developing relationships with people in your life who will be there to care for you. How am I supposed to care for people, Pastor Ben? Let me give you a couple verses. You care for them by carrying their burden. I mean, what better way than to just shoulder the burden with them, say, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. I've got you. Hey, let me know what can I do to help. How can we, uh, hey, I know you didn't ask for it, but we're going to start that meal train for you. Don't call the church and ask the church office to set up a meal train. You set up the meal train. Care for people. Was that too harsh? I'm mean, just saying, like, care, like, we need to care for each other. So here, here's the thing. We don't need to just be caregivers. We need to be care receivers. We need to let somebody care for us sometimes. A lot of times we, we, we get that Lone Ranger Christian mentality where I can do this by myself. I got this. I don't need anybody. But we know what happens to Lone Ranger people. We know what happens to the, to the gazelle who's by themselves. <laughs> no, how do, I, how do I help people? How do I care for people, Pastor Ben? Rejoice with them when they rejoice. So when they get a raise, don't be jealous of them. Come on, man. Come on, let's go, baby. Let's go out to eat. You're buying. Come on, we, we got this. <laughs> Rejoice with them. But how about this? When they lose their job, mourn with them. Man, I'm so sorry. How can we help? What can we do to be there for you? We rejoice with those who rejoice, and we mourn with those who mourn. How, how about this one? I, I love this. If one part suffers... Every part suffers. We're all hurting. Man, we're so sorry. I talked to a, a guy yesterday who lost his father this weekend. Wanted him to know we're hurting with you. We, we feel that with you. We know what it's like. We're sorry. What can we do? And this is what we need. We people who will care for us. And so if you're new to our church, if City Hope or maybe church in general is new to you, I want you to know that that. The primary way that we do pastoral care here at City Hope is actually through small groups. 
I believe that our, our small group leaders are the real pastors of the church. I believe they're the real ones who, they're, they're there for their, the people that are in their small groups. And when they're going through something, they're there for them. And if they don't know what to do, they reach out to a coach. And if that coach don't know what to do, they don't know what to do, they reach out to a, a pastor on the staff to, to help in that situation. But it's about carrying the burden. It's about loving people. So here's what I want you to do. Because I know you all, I, kn- I know all of you are going to get in a group today. I know you will. So as you do, as you get in a group, I'm asking you to do something, okay? I'm I'm, I'm asking you to inform, tell your group leader about what you need. Tell your group leader about what's what's going on. Where are you at? What are you feeling? What are you struggling with? What's going on in your life? Tell them what you need. So because... It's not good for men to be alone. It's not good for, when I say men, I mean, I'm talking ladies too, all right? It's because it's not good for us to be alone, I need people who care for me. But number two, I need some people who will encourage me. Y'all with me? Man, I, how, how many of you know we got enough negativity going on in the world today? Come on, we, we don't need any more bad news. We need some good news. We need somebody. Do you know what the word encourage means? It means to put courage back in. Come on, we need somebody in our lives who's putting courage back in us. We, we, we need some guys. Guys, we need some guys that are going, come on, attaboy, let's go. You got this. We, we need some ladies that, that are sharing with their ladies, come on, you're a better mom than you think you are. Come on, can I just tell you that today, parents? You're doing a better job than you think you are. I just want to encourage you today to tell you that you are a better parent than you think you are. And I know your kids may not, they may be doing their own thing. I want to tell you today, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Don't quit. Keep going. I want to tell you that. You need someone in your life who would just, who will encourage you. Say, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend. You're a great leader. You're a a great teacher. So how do I encourage people? Pastor Ben, here's how. Paul says, build each other up. Don't tear them down. You build them up. You tell them, man, you're doing a great job. You're, I, I, love how you, I love how you do this. I, I love this about you. I love what's going on in your life, and you encourage them. In Hebrews, it says you can, you can encourage them by spurring one another on towards good deeds. Come on, let's just encourage one another toward good deeds. And, and I love this. Don't give up meeting together. Don't give up your small group. Okay, join two or three groups and then drop out of the ones you don't like and stick with the one you do, okay? But as you get in the group, don't stop meeting together. Don't be like, "Ah, this this ain't working. I ain't gonna do this. No, give God a year of your life and I promise you, you'll be a different person. Come on, somebody. Give God a year of your life. You'll look back a year from now and you'll go, I don't recognize that person. Encourage one another because Jesus is coming back. Let's encourage one another. And so here's what I want you to do. Because you're getting in a group today, um, we're going to have so many people in groups, we're not going to have enough group leaders. And because of that, um, I want you to exchange your phone number with some people in your groups. Men with men, all right? All married men, don't be getting other ladies' numbers. Not cool, all right? Not appropriate. Men, get, get the men in your group. Get their number. Hey, man, just, later in the week, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you today. Let's, let's do lunch. Ladies, hey, I want you to know I, I, I'm so thankful for you. You're, you're doing great. 
I know you felt this way the other night at small group, but I just want to tell you, I feel led to tell you that you're a great whatever. You're a great mom. You're doing great. Exchange numbers. Check on each other because we can't do life alone. All right, here, here's the third reason. All right, it's not good for us to be alone, so therefore, I need some people who will partner with me. Man, I need some people who will, who've got my back. Partner with me. Uh, think about this. Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one. Oh, I got it, Pastor. I don't really need anybody else. I'm just, I'm just putting my head down. I'm working my, I'm working my way through it. No, 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 no. You can go further if you have somebody with you. If you, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Come on, let's, let's, let's do it. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And so as you get in a group today, and I want you to begin talking about how can we serve other people? How can we partner together to make a difference? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do a serve project together. All right, this, this semester, this is what our church is known for. Red shirts in the community. Making a difference. Mowing yards, grilling burgers at the corner of MLK and 7th, just doing random acts of kindness. We're known for just loving people, but I want to take it to a whole nother level. And here's what I want to encourage you with. I want you to dream big in your small group. How can we make a tangible difference in one person's life? So that might mean you find a single mom you know who's struggling. She's working, she's trying to put food on the table, but it's difficult for her, and you lean into that. And you just, your group rallies around her and you bless her. Or maybe it's a widow who's got a dilapidated home that needs some help in her home, needs some remodel done, needs some, needs some windows that are recalked. I don't know what it could be. I remember when we were in Alabama, uh, we, we were a church of groups and self, several of our groups got together and we rallied around one single mom. This is what I want you to dream about. One single mom who had three kids and she was living in a single wide trailer. The floor was falling out. It was in rough shape. Several small groups got around together, and they started pooling their money together. And one of the, one of the small group members, he had a connection with a, a mobile home refurbishing place. And, and those small groups got together, bought her a refurbished single-wide trailer, refurbished the entire thing with new bedroom furniture, with new stuff for the kids, with a, a complete pantry full of food, and in one day, took the old one out, put the new one in. It was like extreme makeover home edition, everybody. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Hey, let's keep mowing yards. That's great. Let's keep grilling burgers. But let's take it to a whole nother level. Let's serve somebody and make a difference in their lives. Let's keep serving, all right? So I, I need people in my life. I, I can't be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. So I need people who will protect me. I need people who will protect me. Why? Because we have blind spots. We're, we have blind spots. There's things about your life that you don't see. That's why it's called a blind spot. You, there's things you don't know, and you need someone in your life. You need a trusted person who can say, hey, you need to be careful. Hey, you're getting a little bit prideful. Hey, you're, you're going a little too far this direction. You need someone in your life who will say, hey, I, I saw how you responded to your kids, and I just want you to know, man, that... It was over the top. Is that okay for me? We need people like that in our lives who will protect us, who will watch out for us. Why? Jesus said it this way. I'm telling you all of this so that you won't go astray. All right? 
Here's what the word astray means there. It's the Greek word skandalizo. And what Jesus was saying is, I'm telling you this. Church, I'm preaching this message to you today so that your life won't be a scandal. The word means scandal. What Jesus was saying is, I'm telling you this because I don't want you to end up on the front page of the paper. I don't want you to be the subject of the comment section because you lost your cool, you lost your temper, you went too far, you, you didn't handle the secret part of your life and you imploded. Come on, is this good? Is this helping anybody? So I don't want you to be a scandal. And here's what Solomon said. He, he said a person standing alone. This is, why, this is why God created Eve to be a helpmate. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. And when you get in a small group with three people, that's even better because a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Come on, somebody. You've got to have people in your life. People who will ask you the hard questions. John Wesley was a revivalist. And, and, and um, he, was, he had a small group. He would ask his small group some, some questions. And he, he would ask, have you been in a compromising situation this week? He would ask, have, have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Have you cheated anybody? Have you viewed anything sexually explicit this week? Have you scrolled too much? Have you, have you just gone too far in some of your searches? Have you spent quality time in the Bible? Have you read it? Have you given priority to your family? And have you fulfilled the mandates of God's calling for your life? Have you stepped into your purpose? Are you doing more than just getting by with your life? Are you putting someone else first? Now, uh, because we're human and, and we sometimes don't tell the truth, we also ask, have you just lied to me? <laughs> Did you just lie? See, I think we need this in our lives. And we have to get brave to open up our lives. Here, here's the way I say it. Listen to me. This is, gonna pay, this is a big step. But when you get in a small group this week, I want you to open yourself up to true accountability. True accountability. Not, now, accountability is when someone asks you questions. That's accountability. But true accountability is when you offer it before it's asked. True accountability is when you get it into the light. True accountability is when you're on a business trip and you know that normally at night you go off by yourself or you stay in the hotel room and you watch things you shouldn't watch or you, you go to the bottle when you're anxious or you deal with some, th you, you, you medicate some things in your life. True accountability is when you say, hey, I'm feeling really anxious right now and normally this would be the time where I, I medicate and I act out, but I'm telling you, I'm... I'm sending this text so that I can get it in the light. Let me tell you what happens when you send that text, when you make that call. The secret loses its power. I'm telling you, it loses its power. How do you know, Pastor Ben? Because I do it on a regular basis. I still do it. I have men in my life who I go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really frustrated about this thing right now. I just need you to know. I have people in my life who, can I just say it this way? That they know where I am what I'm doing at all times I need that we need that we need accountability in our lives where we just say hey this is what I'm feeling and I need you to know I need and here here's why 
because you will always be as sick as your secrets. You got to get it in the light. Here's the last one. It's not good for me to be alone, so I need people who will pray for me. I need people who will pray for me. I need people who will call my name out to God. Stand in the gap for my family. Stand in the gap for my my children. Stand in the gap for me personally. And pray for my needs and pray for what's going on in my life. I need people who know. You can't be the only one who knows what you're thinking. You've got to have people in your life there for you. And so Jesus said it this way. I pray for you. I want you to know that. I prayed for you this morning. I prayed that God would heal your marriages. I pray that God would deliver you from addiction. I pray that God would set your kids free, that if they were in rebellion, that they would come back home. I prayed that God would bless your finances. I pray, I pray for you. I prayed for the lost, too. I prayed that God would send people in who don't know him because we're all about helping people know God. But watch what Jesus did in the final hours of his life. He said, I'm praying for them. He's talking about his disciples. He said, I'm not praying for the world, but those that you've given me. And listen, I pray for the world. I pray, I pray, that, I pray for the lost people of Wichita Falls, but I pray for you because I know this. I know that if you'll get in a small group, I know if you'll get healthy, I know that if you'll find freedom, we can change the world. Come on, did y'all hear that? Come on, if, you, if we get healthy, if we get free from things of our past, we can change the world. But God forbid, it would be a sad day if we're out there trying to change the world and we're falling apart. Come on, this is, the time is now. Let's take these next steps. On our, on our birthday weekend, birthday number four, give God a year of your life. And let me tell you this about small groups. I, I just want you to get it. When you get in a small group this week, I want you to share prayer requests. I want you to share and cover each other in prayer. Call each other out and don't give the whole unspoken prayer request. I've got an unspoken. No, no, no. As you feel comfortable, as you build relationships with people, let them know how you can, how you need prayer. Because small groups are not optional. It's not just something we do. It's not just a good idea. And if I do this, my life might get better. No, small groups are critical. Your life will change when you invite somebody else into into your circle and they know you. So I want to encourage you, give God a year of your life. Make a commitment today. What does January 29th? 2024 look like for you I promise you if you'll go all in if you'll if you'll give your life to Christ if you'll if you'll step into small groups if you'll go to the growth track if you'll begin to serve other people if you'll if you'll jump into the programming and who we are as a church I'm telling you you will not recognize yourself a year from today and if you believe that come on can we just give God the best praise that we can well we thank you for that we thank you you're in the business of life change amen would you bow your heads with me? And let me just, uh, let me close this out today. Just asking you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he whispering to your heart? What's he speaking to you today? And I just want to ask, maybe you're here today and, and you know your next step is that you need community. You know God, 
But your next step is to find freedom. Your next step is to get in a small group. Your next step is to be vulnerable with someone. Your next step is to, is to find a group of people where you can take off the mask. And if you would, I want you to be bold enough right now to say, that's me. Just slip up your hand and say, that's me, Ben. I just need, I need, to, step into, I need to step into vulnerability. I need, I, need to, I, I, need to, I need to get free in some areas. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So proud of you. Anybody else? Just say, that's me. I just need to, it's, it's nothing bad. You don't have to be ashamed of that. I, I, I need it. That's why I still do small groups. I, I've got to be there. Father, right now for every hand that's lifted and maybe every heart that fills this, Lord, I pray right now that you would touch, that you would give us boldness and courage to step into this new season, to step into this season where where we turn it all over to you, where we, we surrender every part to you, where we step into freedom, where we, where we settle the yesterdays and we settle all of the things of the past, all of the hurts, all of the anxieties, and we give our lives to you, Lord. I give you this time. I pray for every person who's seeking you. They're running after you, and I'm asking you to touch their hearts in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, and with your head still bowed, if you're here today, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You're far from God. You feel the weight of your sin. More than getting in a small group, the first thing you need to do is you need to step into a relationship with Jesus. More than any relationship on this earth, you need a relationship with Jesus. You need to accept Him as Lord and Savior. You need to begin a new journey of faith with Him today. You need to, you need to ask Him to be your leader, to be your boss, to be in charge of your life to completely surrender your life to Him. So if you're here today and you're far from God, you've drifted, maybe you've been living life your own way, if you're ready to completely surrender your life to Him, to draw closer to Him, to begin a life-giving relationship with Him, on the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand and I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, one, two, three, I'm going all in today. I'm giving my whole life to Jesus. Thank you. Who else would say that's me? Come on, raise it up high. Let me see your hand today. Be bold about it. Anybody else would say that's me? I see you. I see you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. God bless you. Anyone else? I'm going all in today. Amen. All right, let's say this prayer together, church. Come on, let's make this a commitment today to the Lord. Say, say, Jesus, I give you my life, my heart, soul, mind, strength. I surrender. I give you everything, all of me. Today, I choose to make you my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will serve you the best that I know how. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a fresh start. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, right now, let's give Jesus the best praise we can. Let's give God thanks today.